1: Hello,
2: welcome. AI scouted, Virgin Media broke. Good. Hello, I am not Dave. I am joined by Carl. We have to talk about the Real Madrid game. How are you, Carl?
3: A mouthful of cheese on toast.
2: It's better than one I just went through because Virgin Media decided to break as I was doing a better intro than that. But anyway, uh, I have no idea if I have my tabs open, but. Carl, I almost called you Dave there. It's going well this morning. <laughs> right, Carl, let's get into this game. Obviously, we... Well, I was going to say we've digested the Bournemouth game, but I think that game in particular has happened so much this season we're just kind of swimming the filth of it all season, really. So I don't know if digesting is the right word, but after the Bournemouth game, it made the uh, it made the United game just pretty much irrelevant.
3: Yeah, completely. There was no digesting of this game, it was just immediately hurled back up in a pile of vomit and there it will remain until the summer, next to all the other ones that we've uh, festered and regurgitated this year, one performance after another of that ilk. Um, I think it's best left in the past, to be honest, uh, at least until the next one of them happens, because I think at this point we can probably assume there'll be a few more.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure our next league game is Man City at half-twelve, I believe, so... It can always get worse. Uh, anyway, Real Madrid, because we don't want to talk about the Bonhoeff game. I don't watch La Liga, Carl, because, one, it's not on UK normal TV anymore, apart from the odd game on ITV, and, two, I've never really liked La Liga. So, Real Madrid. I'm going to hope my tabs are still open. No, they are not. Thank God for my internet. Anyway, that's got their form up. Real Madrid uh, beat Espanol at the weekend, drew with Betis, lost to Barcelona in the Copa del Rey, uh, drew in the Madrid derby, and that is all the games since they tonked us. Um, Now, they're obviously not having the best season, but when they probably 99% beat us, they are definitely the favourites for the Champions League, I'd assume, just because they are Real Madrid.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, It's the... The know-how of the team, isn't it? In those big matches and even before the final last year we saw it over and over again uh, with the run that they had to the final where they were in pretty difficult conditions and they looked like they were probably going out and the other good teams were playing well against them but then they just find this way of the best players getting hold of the game and creating the chances. Benzema went on an absolute tear and with a few very, very good individuals in attack and the all-round mentality of that side then yeah, it's it's very difficult to see anybody beating them across two legs. It can be done, no no question about it, but it's just that they have that innate knowledge within themselves that it doesn't really matter who they play or how they play, even some of the time, they can still find a way. And, I mean, they, they've not been as consistent this season. They've definitely not been as good um, in attack over the course of the whole season compared to last year, I don't think. But... There's still more than enough there to, to win the Champions League. I mean, the league title has probably probably gone for them barring a, a bit of a meltdown from Barcelona, but they've been so good defensively that that probably isn't going to happen. So, Real now will just be worried about yet another European title. And, like you say, definitely among the favourites to do it.
2: Do you You're obviously got Spanish connections. Do you think they're bored of winning the Champions League?
3: Definitely not. Why would you ever get bored of winning the
2: Champions League? I mean, it's. No, but maybe they'll just fancy. Maybe just do a domestic treble or something spicy. I don't know. Can they do the treble? They can the Super Cup. They must do. Anyway, let's say the double. They must fancy doing that every now and again, but no, they just ramp out European Cups like they're not there. Just have a a year in the Europa League. Spice (laughs) it up a bit,
3: lads. I mean, I I wouldn't be averse to it, but that's going to rely on. Other teams in Spain being good and consistent, and that isn't a thing.
2: Yeah, Getafe, you've let the lads down. And I realise I should have said Hetafe, not Getafe, because they're not from the North East. Anyway, I am struggling today, people. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, it's about a day for you, is it?
3: Because it is so long, like, do you really need him back that much? I, just just keep me in rhythm. Anyway, we'll get on to, we
2: we'll, well, let's relive the first leg, unfortunately. Uh, we lost 5 2 at Anfield. Um, I will go through Real Madrid's team because we're on there starting with them. Uh, Courtois in goal, Cavial, Militao, Rudiger, Alaba, who I presume is still injured, uh, Modric, Camavinga, Valverde, Rodrigo, Benzema, Vinicius Jr. many's back, isn't he, Carl? So I presume it would mean Valverde moving back to the right and then
3: many in midfield.
2: And Cruz would probably be back as well, I presume
3: yeah everybody's basically available for them apart from the two left left-sided defenders um so billing and uh, billy oh my god I've just been looking oh at god him my <laughs> game obviously he's not playing you've turned you've turned yeah. it to me <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely definitely not playing for real madrid ferland mendy and david alaba are the players who are out for real madrid for definite benzema had a fitness test he's fine um like you mentioned Many is back in training he's absolutely fine it's probably going to be Amavinga plays left-back, and then all the rest would be as you expect, which means there's only really one big decision to make, which is going to be whether to play Valverde on the right side of the attack or to play Rodrigo there and Valverde goes into midfield. If that happens, I guess it's Chirmeni who doesn't start. But, I mean, given the position that they're in uh, from the first leg score, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, They could go out on the offensive and try to... Really take the game to us again and wreck our defense because they know it's rubbish now. Uh, or they can sit in a little bit deeper, a bit more compact, play Valverde in the middle and expect uh, to counter attack and basically have a, a sort of a diamond and leave Benzema and Vinicius as the two who are always high upfield and uh, leave Rodrigo for a bit later on.
2: Yes, yeah, just to pile on the fun. Um, you mentioned Camavinga at a at, at left back there. Obviously. Not his natural position, unless you're the French manager. Um, The France manager, I should say. Obviously, Nacho came on in the first leg, and basically that's when the game kind of changed, because obviously Mo was roasting Alaba, and then Nacho came. I'm not saying it was directly Nacho, but that seemed to be when the game either just slowed down and let them take a breather or whatever. But would they not just roll with Nacho? Um, And obviously, I've just checked when they played Barcelona, who I'd guess Rafinha played right wing, and obviously it's a lefty coming in narrow, narrower, so is, is, could that be an option instead of Camavinga Kammer, there? And then you've got a an uh, option in midfield as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely could. Um, I, I think they have pretty much a lot of faith in both of them. Nacho's obviously been there for about 11 to 16 years, so they, they know everything that he's going to be able to do. I think, again, like I say, it just depends on how aggressive they want to be. Do they want to go out and try and beat Liverpool 3-0 or something like that and really, really set down a bit of a marker as they are the team to beat in Europe or do they just want to be solid, make sure there's nothing silly, give Liverpool no chance of even remotely getting back in the in the tie at all. Uh, if it is the latter and Ancelotti's a bit reserved, let's say, from the starting lineup, then yeah, maybe natural starts. But I think Kamen has played really well, to be honest, when he's had opportunities at left-back and when he's just been given a little bit of a run in midfield, he's still... In and out of the team overall uh, across across the season, and especially in midfield. But I think he's earned the right to sort of be in and around the starting lineup at the moment. And he did play against Espanyol as well, so maybe him.
2: Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Real Madrid's midfield because obviously it was the well-defined free for so long in in um, Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz. And as a as two people who support a team who don't know how to refresh a midfield. They have shown what to do and how to do it because they have them free. They've had Valverde basically ready to go for three years now? Two or three years now. Obviously, he's been playing on the right a bit, um, but he is ready to go in midfield whenever they call upon him. They bought Camavinga about eight, was it 18 months ago now, or two years ago now, um, and obviously bought two many, uh for a... To replace Casemiro has obviously gone to United. Uh, obviously, there's other parts of the team they need to regenerate. I think they've started doing. They've obviously done that in defence recent years. The attack's probably the next one with Benzema getting more and more injured. But when you watch Liverpool, kind of struggle about with the midfielders they've not bought, and the ones they are just kind of plodding along with. I can't help but get a bit jealous when you see they've got Camavinga, Chouameni, Valverde, and Alink to Jude Bellingham, and probably will buy another four Brazilian people right from Brazil.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like <clears throat> Real Madrid are good at uh, quite a few things. I think that's fair to say. One of them is buying players. And that is not always because they make great decisions, but because they, at times, go for great quantity. And I think it's important to p- point out how ridiculously unlikely it is that a group of three players, like the midfielders you just mentioned, play as well as they do, as consistently as they did, for as long together as they did. I mean, we need some sort of scale here. Like Luca Modric, Toni Cruz and Casemiro were together for absolutely ages. To the point that the the regeneration that you're now talking about with Kamalving and that, that's probably like their, I think we can say probably like their fourth attempt at renewing the midfield and it just didn't happen before because either the players that they brought in were not quite up to the same level or they couldn't win a regular first team place and moved on afterwards or they just weren't very good to be perfectly honest it didn't work out i mean you go all the way back to people like that luke Modric has been there since 2012 it's like it's over a decade by the end of this season it's a long long time to be part of a very, very well-functioning midfield, but which just wasn't broken up at all. Even going back to people like Ramendi, who they brought in when there was this like attempt to go Spanish with the new generation of people coming in. He didn't work out. Lucas Silva was one of the Brazilians who didn't work out. Um, God, who else? Ceballos. T- Sorry? Ceballos. Yeah, Denis Saiz, obviously still there. He's an, another one who they, they've attempted to make the regeneration. Kovacic was another one. Um, There's been a lot of them. It's not something that they just have happened now to sort of turn around and say, okay, it's time for us to to redo the midfield. You know, they've had several goes at this. Even people like Odegaard was supposed to be like one of the successors, and it didn't Mm -hmm. happen.
1: Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile. ...when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts... ...sweaters, hoodies and hats... ...to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters... ...all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise... ...and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA... ...to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast... You can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: Now it's only obviously in the last couple of years that, like I said, i and sure many have come in and basically proven that they can be part of the regeneration. But they're not all together because Valverde is going to be one of them, no question. He already is quite a lot of the time. Winger, like we said, is still in and out. It might be that they only see him as a rotational player who starts maybe half of the matches or something like that. Chirmedy, sure, I think, is good enough to, but that comes with consistency, and it comes with expectation that you have to be there every single game, and you have to be in every single big Champions League match on top of your, ma- on top of your performance level, carry that mentality that we spoke about at the beginning where they, they really do believe that they're going to win, regardless of whatever happens during the match. And that does take time to build into younger players. I don't doubt that they'll get plenty of them, right? Whether it's like Endrick, who you mentioned coming in next time, is going to be one of the next crop who who will do particularly well in in more in the attack than midfield for him. But like I say, they they buy a lot of players. Even someone like uh, who went to Dortmund on loan for two years. Um,
2: Rieningen? Yeah.
3: So he was meant to be one of the next midfielders who who could take on that sort of attacking, make them a little bit more... Um, agile and a bit more athletic than some of the older players hasn't happened for him at all Um, so they've not got it completely right and there's been a lot of turnover a lot of churn in that midfield while those three remained in place selling Casemiro outright obviously forced their hand a little bit in terms of somebody else has got to be there Um, it's, it's incredibly unlikely that you have players with the longevity and success at the highest level that those three had and Let's say Tony Cruz, for example, had gotten an injury, a really bad injury, three four years ago, and couldn't come back quite the same player. Would they have managed to stay at the top for as long as they did? Would they have managed to win as many Champions Leagues as they did? Because those have been really big players for them, consistently excellent performers in the biggest of matches, and they haven't been forced until the sale of Casemiro to actually replace one of them for you know any given run of matches, which were of trophy-winning importance. Like Kovacic, when he was there, he filled in in all three of those roles for all three of those players. And he did really, really well. But as soon as they were all fit again, or back from suspension, he was back out. And that's why he left eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been the case with Ceballos, although I don't think he's anywhere near that level. It's been the case with Ilarra when he was a younger lad there. It is now time for them to, to overhaul gradually, piece by piece. And if they've got men in Valverde, that's two of them. Depending on how long Benzema goes on, you can make the case that obviously now they could switch back to a four-two-three-one or a four-four-two on a more regular basis with Vinny and uh, Rodrigo as the centre forward So maybe you only need the two guaranteed starters, Tremini and Camavinga. Maybe do that as a double pivot in future. Um, it's it's been really really impressive this group together, but replacing them is not always very very easily. And I think that they've just about done it in time with Chirmini and, and obviously Valverde's emergence, but it could have been very differently. It wasn't amazingly handled, is what I'm really saying. It's it's kind of lucky and kind of not lucky because they've been that good, but still, time-wise, it, it was almost at the last moment, really, when Chirmini has come along and has shown that he can be one of the first ones.
2: Yeah, and if they did get say they got Mbappe as well, they prob- but I'm sure they wouldn't have got Chirmini as well, so maybe... Maybe not, but then Camavinga could have played that role. Probably wouldn't have sold Casemiro either, so may have even been slightly stronger for now position as well. But, yeah, I think selling Casemiro, who is still obviously really good, as we see with United, even though he gets sent off now, because La Liga referees, I presume. Um, Anywho, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, But, yeah, I think they've just... Done it quite well, but no, I think you do shed a good light on it. That they have tried this a few times, um, and it's not always worked out swimmingly. Um, we mentioned Benzema there, who's obviously still really effing good. Um, as shown by the first leg. Obviously he's picking up more injuries now and I know he, I think he's in his mid thirties. Of Hendrix coming in Twenty five, is he? I think it's twenty five or is it twenty four? Whenever he's joining, he's probably the very long term successor, but in the short term, I know they have that Uruguayan lad coming through the Academy who's um making more and more appearances for them. Is that someone is that is Benzema the successor who you can get with Endrick and the lad from within, or do you think they may need a a short term in between? I don't know. Chipper Motting, obviously he he needs another he needs another big club on his CV. Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. Stoke, Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid. That, that's that's the collection, isn't it? That's all of them. Then. Yes. Um, Endrick comes in twenty twenty four. Whether he'll be ready to play twenty twenty four or whether he takes a Rainier esque approach to a loan somewhere else first or whatever, we'll obviously have to wait and see. He's a child, so we'll see how he develops and consistency and deals with the expectation of the move and all of that sort of thing. Um, Benzema, I mean was 35. I guess they get another year out of him as a, as a regular, even with the injuries. After that, you're still looking at a bridge year. And this is what I mean before. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ray go with a, a
4: more. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Fluid, but a more consistent two up top. I mean, Vinny and Rodrigo playing in the channels as a two. Frankly, that's terrifying to play against them on the counter attack. Even if yeah. you don't have a Benzema in between them, I presume we're not going to see the you know seventeenth coming of Eden Hazard as a as a false nine who's just suddenly going to fill in for Benzema for a year or whatever. But other than that, maybe they'll they'll sign someone. I wouldn't be that surprised to see them because again, up front is where they've had. Not great success, you know. Even in the wider areas, Takahisu was one of them. They, they didn't really get the most out of Gareth Bale's Seasons there ended with a bit of a, a whimper, considering what he'd done beforehand. Luka Jovic never worked out there. There's been plenty of them.
2: Mariano Diaz
3: still yeah. is he still there? Picking up that picture, my boy. There. Yeah, he is. He's still there. Clocked up a big FM legend this season in the league. So he's, he's
2: FM legend. Always he's... offered to you on deadline day. Fantastic. <laughs>
3: Um, Alvaro Rodriguez is the is the the younger forward who is yes, sort of turned yeah. to on and off a little bit now. Obviously, he's only eighteen, so we'll see how he develops again. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did bring in, even if it's not an Mbappe or Haaland, who they are still linked to every single mm-hmm. you know approaching transfer window. Five minutes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get a somebody, somebody who can fill in and somebody who could be that bridge, like you say. I, I'd be very very surprised if Endrick just comes in. And plays and is their number nine like that doesn't usually work out quite that way.
2: Yeah, so if you are a upper good La Liga forward, there's a move where for you lads. Gerard Moreno, even though you're made out of biscuits as well, I'm looking at you. Um, anyway, is there a, I think if we are going to talk about this game and if we do have a chance of a miracle, it is the mid, uh, the defense we have to look at because. Carvajal, he has big performances in as we know, as we've seen, because it seems to happen against us every bloody time. Militao has a mistake in him, but he has a very high level of performance in him as well. Rudiger, we've seen for years at Chelsea. He's a bit of a mess at times, but he has big performances as well. Nacho or Kamavinga, dependable either way. But I'd say... That's where their weaknesses are, and that's what we can target. Because we did score two goals against them, and that's when we couldn't score goals as well. So if we catch Carver Hall on an off day, and we try to isolate him with Darwin, if say if it is Kamavinga, he's obviously not used to playing left-back as much as he is in midfield, although he is only still seven years old or whatever he is. Um, Mo, if Mo has a good day, he can rinse him. The centre-backs, they can do rash things, um and if it's Gakpo, if it's Jota, if it's whoever, they can hopefully drag them about. But it I feel like it's all the defence has always been somewhat of a weakness. I know Ramos has the ultimate clutch gene from previous years. I think Varane's probably the best that I've seen. As I said earlier, I don't watch loads of the Liga. Pepe was mental, but I think it's always been their weakness, but they just always seem to turn up in the big games and that's why they win the
3: Champions League every year. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, consistency in defence has, has long been an issue for them, no question about it. Sometimes it's players get injuries, sometimes it's Sergio Ramos doesn't want to be a defender, sometimes it's the goalkeepers, they sort of went through a bit of a, a succession of them pre-courtois, where a lot of them were very, very error-prone. Um, Caelan Navas had a good year or so, but before that there was like a, a lot of chopping and changing with Real Madrid's goalkeeper for quite a long time, starting from... Uh, basically when Jose decided to drop Ike Casillas. And even before that, Casillas had been a bit error-prone at times. So, Mm. um, I mean, yes, the defence is the area to get at them, in part because you have to, to score a goal. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously, we've got to do that three times, so we're going to have to get the defence. But the bigger issue is that, obviously, when we attack, and we, we, we are playing well, and we attack with purpose and numbers and speed and all the rest of it, part of what we do is leave ourselves really open. And that's where the problem comes up. I mean, if Liverpool could just repeat the first 15, 20 minutes from the first leg in the second leg and maybe try to catch Real Madrid sort of off guard or not quite at full capacity or whatever, then maybe I'd say go for it. And maybe you get one goal back or maybe even two, like we did in the first leg. But then you have to shut up shop. And you have to make sure that you stay in the tie. You've got yourself back in it, then don't lose it. Because that's where our problem has been this season. It's been concentration and positional work and all the things that we seem to be talking about every single week recently, the tracking of the runners and the counters down the channels and blah, 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 blah. So it's not really much use for Liverpool going all out in terms of our attacking play when we don't have any way to close up behind us. I would rather Liverpool played within themselves for an hour and were very, very tight and maybe snuck a goal and it was 1-0 with half an hour to play or something like that, then we go all out and end up conceding another three.
2: Yeah, that is the issue. That is the issue. I mean, if we move on to us, because we know what Real Madrid is, and we'll talk about um, individual battles and stuff that we have to overcome for even a chance to do a miracle. Let's let's talk about Liverpool, and you mentioned the defence there. It was shockingly awful against Bournemouth, even though we only conceded one goal. Um, Alisson is beautiful so no words said about him Trent uh, he got subbed off he wasn't good against Bournemouth but our backup is James Milner and if James Milner plays against Vinicius Junior I may cry Um, centre-backs Ebu had one of his worst games in the Liverpool shirt for me against Bournemouth Van Dijk just awful I thought Um, Robbo was a bit lost as well at times Let's stick with the defence because the midfield is a hole of a barrel of fish. I think he should stick with that defence, but that is due to the lack of options behind more than anything else. Like my only thing I could say is bring Simicast in, but who who gives a toss at this stage? Yeah, I'd have to agree.
3: Um, if Simicast was coming in, to be honest, I'd bring him in for Trent to sort of go a bit more aggressive with the speed of, of Vinny and. Uh... Obviously, try and guard against Vinny coming in field, but we've never seen Simi Cas at right back, so yeah, I wouldn't be. be doing it at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid for the first time. So yeah, I think back back four plus keeper has to stay the same, really.
2: Yeah, it really does. Now, obviously, our away form has been tragic this season, but at the same time, Carl, we have got up for bigger big games at times. The season it doesn't get much. Bigger than Real Madrid. Obviously, the first leg, we got battered for a half, or a half and a bit. Um, Now, the defence is... It's so strange, because Van Dijk, we know, in the last three, no, four or five years, he's been the best centre-back in the world, for for my money anyway. Uh, Ibu, I think most people... Most Liverpool fans agree he's definitely the best option now because Matip and well, Gomez especially he's fallen off a, off a big-ass cliff. Um, so... Have we just got to hope that they don't play shit? You've got to put it bluntly, but if they play like they do against Bournemouth, this may be worse than the first leg.
3: If we play like we did against Bournemouth, we should not be allowed in the Champions League next season, even if we finish fourth.
2: We shouldn't be allowed in the Conference League if we play like we did against
3: Bournemouth. I hope we're not allowed in the Conference League anyway, to be perfectly honest. True. Um, look, what you said is right. Liverpool's better performances have been in the bigger matches. So I'm not really worried about you know, the really slow tempo and the lack of any ideas and the stupidity off the ball and defensive lack of awareness and all that. The players can get themselves up for this game players can get themselves up for these games in general. You mentioned the Man City one. that's coming up after the international break, isn't it? City, Chelsea, Arsenal. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like our best run of the season. It's stupid, but that's how we've been this season. They've got themselves up for the bigger matches, put in decent performances in parts of those matches and tended to get not too bad results and give us the false hope again. And then we play Leeds or Forest or whoever it is and we're absolute garbage. Those are the games which determine where you finish in the season. That, that's that's all it has ever been. Beat the Dross, and you'll be in the top four. Now, if you beat the teams around you as well, then you can win the league. But if you don't, and you don't beat those absolute normal matches, the ones that could easily be 3 p.m. on Saturday kickoffs, if you don't win those games, you don't get Champions League football. You don't deserve trophies. You don't be in the running for titles and all those sorts of things. And you will not be part of a team which challenges for them. And by that, I don't mean just this season, but it has to be for next season as well. That's, that's how it is. That's how teams are built. If you start falling off, if you start losing that consistency and the ability to perform at your best every week, you have to be replaced if the idea for that team is to get back to winning trophies. That's, that's how it works. That's what football and sport is. Um, I don't think Liverpool will have a problem with being energised and, and full of, I'm not going to say optimism because that's the wrong word here, but at least have a plan of how to attack and how to get themselves back into the tie. And if they do get the first goal, then you know the whole you'll never know thing might start up. But basically, don't defend like idiots. Don't perform like mindless, spineless individuals rather than being a collective. Because that's what we saw against Bournemouth. It was dreadful.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or, go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Macboxes and games consoles. Visit Libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: It really was. And just to clarify the fixtures and who we'll be losing to after our big run of games, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, then we'll be losing to Leeds, Carl. And... Nottingham Forest after that. Then West Ham, so that's three losses in a row. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's stick with this game. That's for future us to... uh, Well, hopefully Dave's back by then. Um, Yeah, let's go into the midfield then. Um, By the looks of it, Henderson and uh, Basatic weren't in training. That doesn't necessarily mean they're out. Um, But, let's say they are doubtful. But it wouldn't surprise anyone if Henderson starts, obviously. We are in a pickle, because, well, Curtis Jones got replaced by Arthur on the bench this weekend, so further down the pecking order. Artur's not in the Champions League squad, so we can't even put him on the bench. I think I saw Nabi Keita in the training, but he doesn't exist anymore, seemingly. Um, so, Milner, Fabinho, Elliot in, at the Bernabeu? how how take that.
3: Well, that sounds enthralling and appetising all at once. Yes. i think like to start. Mm. Both for them and for being you. I think that's what it'll be. <clears throat> um, everybody gets to be on the bench, obviously, as long as we're in the squad. So, I guess we see Jones again. I guess we see Nabby again. I don't really know what's going on with either of them. Why Jones came on in, off the bench one weekend and then isn't in the squad the next weekend at all. Um, there's an oddity about our... Squad selections at the moment, but I don't think it's going to make any difference which of them starts. I do think that at least two of them, if not all three, will be replaced by the end. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I say, all you can really hope for from this is to try and again set a platform for how we have to perform in the in the future Premier League games.
2: Yeah, so let's talk for Benu because he's probably the one certainty. Obviously, with the small injury doubts, but we'll wait for Klopp's press conference, which I presumes to do. Um or it should be today. Um He has I think he's improved in, in recent times, obviously probably more since Basetic came into the team. And it's not only just been with we've still with Henderson playing the left sided role as well. Um I think he is showing there's still him in there. It may not be him three or two or three years ago. But I think he's showing he's still the best six at the club, which I don't think was a doubt anyway, even though he was playing like a corpse. Um, But I think he's showing a bit of... Redemption's too strong a word, but I'll go with it anyway for want of a better term. But he is showing a a bit of redemption, Comes in how shitty i haven't sworn yet, but shitty he was. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think Fabinho's the one midfielder who will play every game unless he gets knackered till Thiago comes back, and then I think you have to go back to, it's just them two for the rest of the season, plus
3: one. Yeah. I mean, Fabinho had a really good game against United. I don't think he was very good against Bournemouth. I don't think anybody was any good against Bournemouth. Again, we are measuring how he's playing now compared to how he was at the earlier parts of the season, not compared to where he's been before. So, yeah, he's better because he was absolute atrocity earlier in the season and you know a team which has performed as poorly as we have done for him to be one of the biggest underperformers really does speak volumes as to where he was I don't honestly know I would say I've seen Fabinho play as poorly this season as Van Dijk played against Bournemouth I think that the drop-off there for Van Dijk was astonishing I don't know what was going on with that but he was awful But like you say, we don't have anybody else who is going to go into that position and perform to a level where we know it's going to be it could be reliably good enough for a Champions League match. Ascetic could, but he could also be overrun like he has been in a a couple of games previously. In the number six role. In the number eight role, it's a little bit better for him to not be completely swamped. It's also a bit better for him to help whoever is the six to not be completely swamped. So I think... As titch as the left eight is, is uh, basically would be my first port of call here in the midfield, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Fabinho as the six would be my next option. Um, I, I personally think Henderson, if he does play anymore, as I've said before, should only play that left sided role in midfield, but again, we are looking at a situation where we don't have anybody else unless you want to play James Milner as the more advanced. Bombarding forward number eight, which I'm not really sure that that's going to be um, the best use of his his uh, remaining qualities. Then you know again, it's probably Henderson back in, and that's that's not requirement or best use or anything. It's just who is there.
2: Yeah, I think if Batacich is fit, I'd agree he should start the left side. From the right side, Henderson was ill against Bournemouth. Even though he seemed fine when he came on, so that was just a bit of an oddity. Um, Naby was pictured in training. That doesn't mean anything. Um, And the other options, Harvey Elliott, who was obviously really good against United, keyword there is United, obviously, um, was pretty dire against Bournemouth, but as you say, everyone was, so you're not going to blame a 19-year-old winger playing in midfield, or 20-year-old winger playing in midfield. Um, I do agree, for the big occasion... You either have to play Henderson, or you randomly bring Naby Keïta in because I don't want to see again. And I'm not. <laughs> you compared Philip Billing to Real Madrid's midfield accidentally earlier on. They have the potential to overrun us, similarly to what Bournemouth did. Obviously, Philip Billing, Lerma, uh, Rothwell—they're all just physical machines. Whereas you look at um, you look at Real Madrid's midfield. If it's their first choice midfield. It really won't overrun us, even though Modric <laughs> Modric ran away from our entire midfield in the first leg. But if it is, if it's too many Camavinga plus Modric, those the two younger lads will outrun, overrun our midfield. And if it's the young lads, they'll just get steamrolled by them too, I believe. And if it's the experienced lads in the Real Madrid team, they'll just outsmart the young lads. So I think we do need do need experienced lads in there. But I agree, Bastač, albeit he's young he's the only one with Thiago out, unless you play Naby there, but again, you're not going to throw him in and then play probably Henderson on the right or a young lad on the right. So I have Basitich on the left and then, yeah, it's an awful, <laughs> it's an awful uh, choice to make, but it, Henderson probably makes the most sense because if you play Elliot and Basitich, I, I reckon they'll just tie with us. Um... Yeah, that was fun. Our attack probably is the fun part. Um, Mo will obviously play and deserve it. He was awful against Bournemouth, but you do miss a penalty, especially when you don't get one a year. You get one year at a time. Um, And he wasn't very good in open play, more importantly. Gakpo and Darwin (sighs) weren't good against Bournemouth, but they were probably some of the better players, which doesn't really say much, but. Do you think he may revert back to old favourites in this in terms of bringing Jotter and... or one of Jotter and Bobby in for the big occasion? Or Rilona Rigi? Origi?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could do. Uh, I mean, I'd be... I wouldn't be against Jotter starting. I don't think we're winning this game. I don't think we're going through here even remotely close to it. So I wouldn't be against Jotter starting just for, again minutes and sharpness and seeing if he can get the goal and seeing if his sort of aggression and and cleverness in the box can do a little bit of something cause a bit of danger for us his work rate off the ball of course so I I wouldn't be averse to seeing him start but it's much more to do with getting ourselves in a position where he could have an impact in the Premier League the remaining games rather than trying to help us get through this one so yeah I'd go for Darwin and Jota let's say and bring Cody Mm -hmm. off the bench later on but I genuinely don't know if it's worth the deliberation. Maybe it's just a case of play the same uh, attacking line, if that's the one you're going to be going with uh, in future, and just try to get more and more and more out of them.
2: Yeah, I can see the logic in either, really. I think Jota, what, he's nearly up to a year without scoring a goal, so maybe trying to get that monkey off his back isn't the biggest game possible, it might might spark something because he can go on those hot streaks and if he goes on one of them hot streaks, it'll help everyone in the forward line, even though Gakpo and Darwin have done well recently. um, But no, I think if you want to develop the front three that's currently playing as the front three for the rest of the season with Diaz, I assume, not being ready at any point this season, um, maybe you do just roll with it, as you say. Now, you you basically answered the question already, but I'll ask it anyway. You mentioned we... You don't think we'll get through? I I think most people would agree. But miracles do happen. Um, where, where is the where is the key battles here? I'm, midfield's the easiest one because they've had the... Probably since the Barca one broke up, they've had the best midfield of the last decade or so. Um, where midfield has obviously been a key part of our team, even when we were good, but it's never really been our strength. Um so is, is that the easy answer,
3: where the key battle is? or? I mean, if yeah. you're talking about key battles for Liverpool producing a comeback and going through, the key battles are Van Dijk against Benzema and Trent against Vinicius. Easy as that. Because if we mm-hmm. score once, that's it. GG. Game over. No, I agree. I agree. Like,
2: it, that is the concern. I think we can score the amount of goals we need to go through. It's just keeping them out. We like even, even when we're playing well, everything's clicking and attack. The midfield's doing its job. We still give up chances. Even in that United game, that we were giving up chances, and we were dominant as anything in that half. We had the Rashford having of these chances in the first half. To be fair, we had Bruno headers. Rashford a few may have been tight offside calls, but they we were still giving up chances when we were having a historically good game. So yeah, against Vinicius who one of the best players in the world last season or certainly the scariest player in the world last season Ben Zemmer who's a Ballon d'Or winner and Rodrigo who has those clutch genes seemingly scored from last year's Champions League run uh, yeah, I just don't see how we keep keep them down to even if they scored one and we went on a mad one I can't see us keeping it down to one so if they score two it, it's going to be historically bad looking for us
3: Yeah I mean you're, you're basically looking at Alisson to have one of his best games of the season in a season where he's been best play
0: (laughs) that
3: kind of tells you where we are doesn't it not just the season but the first leg uh, and everything else so hopefully Ali pulls out um, an absolute masterclass but I I think that there is many many times over less chance of Liverpool turning this around than against Barcelona for example people keep talking about that one and I don't think it has any relevance at all. We were the better team in the first leg against Barca. We just happened to lose. We weren't the best team in the first leg here. We were terribly bad defensively. We were naive, which is not something you should associate with a team that's been together as long as this one has. The decision-making off the bench wasn't very good. And our form over the whole season has been terrible. So I, I don't really think that there's any reason to to have, like I said, not believe, not... Belief, not um, expectation or anything, but even optimism. I don't think you can be optimistic. I think you just have to go out and do a professional job for a period of the game and then see where you are for the next bit.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. So let's get into somewhat prediction. I know you're banned from predictions, but we're in a dire situation anyway, so we'll let you off. (laughs) Um, I I don't think we'll win the tie at all. I don't think we'll come close to that. I think we may give them a scare, so... I'm going to say we'll draw two all, but we'll score the first goal, everyone will get excited, then they'll do Real Madrid things, and then the game
3: will probably be boring for 30 minutes or so. Okay, so I, I will... I've been handed a ban until the end of the season, so I'm not really happy about this. No? I, I don't think I'm going to stick to that, but for now, we'll, we'll take it as a one-match ban and then we'll, we'll renegotiate with... Different competition, you can't use it in the <laughs> Yeah, Exactly. Um, I think Liverpool score fast. I think we'll do, you know enough of a decent start and the performance and the mindset and all that to to come out and show that we still have something about us and score a first goal. But I don't think we're going to go even close to going through.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's just we aren't. We're nowhere near the team from eighteen nineteen. We just aren't. In a, even if it was that thing from 1819, we don't have a rigi anymore. And he does magic stuff. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough one. I think it's going to be a tough watch. I think it's going to be somewhat of a somber podcast afterwards as well, unfortunately. Unless the magic does happen, then it may be two hours long and everyone will be pissed, including Dave, who will be on painkillers, I presume. <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. Um, anything else before we go, Carl, from yourself or anything we've missed from the game you want to talk about?
3: I don't think so. I mean, the only other thing that we've not really discussed that we could but feasibly do is change system completely and maybe go with like a back three or something like that. But I think considering we don't have defenders who have been in good form, introducing more to the mix is not going to make us more secure. It's just going to let us attack in a different way. From my perspective, again, I would, like I said, be using this as a, a match to try and set a platform for how we have to perform. But at this stage, after playing against Man United the way we did, and then the next game against Bournemouth the way that you did, I don't even know where you go with that as a as a coach and staff, as a as supporters, as prepare as pre- preparation for the game. Not, none of the words that keep getting said seem to mean anything. You know, it's we've had the season starts here. We've we've had this is the foundation for how we've got to play we've had this is the um, we've set a marker down for how our performances need to improve none of it has made any difference and this comes down to preparation and mentality and that's all it is Um, so you know fair play to Jürgen and good luck to him and his coaches this week as he's got to raise not just the mindset of the players for this game but the performance levels and try to keep everybody on a bit of an even keel Um, but they didn't do it after the Man United game because I can't fathom how a group of players who did that in one game go out and do that in the next one. So, so different opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of performance, in terms of mentality, in terms of effort and energy. And they were a week between games. There's no excuse for any of it. We should have been fully prepared, fully rested, fully ready to go out and do it all over again. And... After that, I don't really know what you can do to prepare for the next big game other than assume the players will be up for it because it's a big game. And that, I'm afraid, is the hallmark of much smaller sides, much less successful sides.
2: Yep, yeah. coming across as a crystal palace right now. Um, it's not great. It's not great. and We have three big games in a row after the Real Madrid game, so, but we do have an international break. It was a weird week, Carl, because after the United game, it was like, oh, God, the international break, and then after the Bournemouth game, it was like, thank Christ, a international break. So football is a weird thing, but, yeah, just the international break, a nice couple of weeks off, um, but then on to three hellacious games, and then I'm on holiday, so I don't give a toss. Thank <laughs> the fuck. Um, add all the points onto my late score, all you want but I won't give a shit because I will be in Mexico Um, anyway thank you everyone for listening hopefully Dave will be back for the next one it should be because of the international break but I'm sure you two will do stuff in between thank you everyone for listening thank you to the people in discord for listening especially thank you now goodbye
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show